whether it comes to traditional media, search engines, social media, even owned media, there's not a single source of information today that is trusted by people uh, as a source of news and information. Welcome, B2B startups, change-ups, scale-ups, and grown-ups. This is the B2B Lead Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman. Let's do this. The 2021 Edelman Trust Barometer was released today which reveals that a rampant infodemic is fueling widespread mistrust in traditional information sources. People don't know where to turn for reliable information. The majority of respondents believe that government leaders, business leaders, and journalists are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false. The global infodemic has driven trust in all news sources to record lows, and a post-U.S. election flash poll finds that most Americans believe the U.S. is in the midst of a dangerous cold civil war. Uh, with us today to discuss the 21 Edelman Trust Barometer is Executive Director Tonya Reese. Thank you, Eric. I'm glad to be here. Now, the Trust Barometer uh, talks about a new era of information bankruptcy and a trust ecosystem unable to confront it. What does that mean? Explain that to us. You know, we were talking in the report about, in fact, uh, we call it an infodemic, the lack of trust in information and the lack of a shared sense of truth. Um, it's become so pernicious that it literally is a, a public health emergency in and of itself. Um, what we're talking about here is um, uh, made up really of a number of different strands coming together. Number one, trust in news and information sources is at an all-time low. We surveyed people in 28 different countries. This is a global study. And what we found is whether it comes to traditional media, search engines, social media, even owned media, there's not a single source of information today that is trusted by people uh, as a source of news and information, right? So just shocking declines across the board. We've also seen declines across the board in trust in spokespeople, right? So who do we trust to tell us the truth? Um, there is a loss of credibility for CEOs, for boards of directors, for journalists, technical experts, company experts, all of them declined in trust. Um, and if all of that wasn't bad enough, people actually believe that societal leaders are deliberately spreading lies and misinformation, right? Whether it's government officials, journalists, or business leaders, all are suspected of not telling the truth. So we don't know who to believe. We don't know what source to believe. And, you know, we just, as a result, uh, don't have a set of shared, reliable facts and informations from which to go forward and make important decisions on. And when I say that this is a public health crisis, I mean that quite literally. We looked at whether people practice what we call good information hygiene. 
right? Are they engaged with the news? Do they avoid echo chambers? Do they verify information and do they vet it before they share or amplify it? And we found that um, people with good information hygiene, as we called it, are 11 points more likely to say that they're ready to be vaccinated against the COVID virus than people with poor information hygiene. And in some of the richest developed countries, those gaps are even, um, even larger. So for instance, in the UK, it's a 21 point difference. Here in the US, a 17 point difference between people who have good information habits and those who don't when it comes to their trust in a vaccine and their understanding of the urgency of the vaccination. Now, the U.S. is bitterly divided politically right now. Map yes. out for, uh, for us from a partisan standpoint, who trusts who? Who do Republicans trust and who do Democrats trust? Well, the way we measured it is we asked people, who did you vote for in the 2020 presidential election? Right. So these are Biden voters versus Trump voters and um, uh, not necessarily a party, you know, traditional party affiliation. And what we found is post-election in the U.S., there was a five-point decline from November to December in trust. Uh, but when we dig into it from a partisan standpoint, that trust decline was really among Trump voters, down 13 points, right? Trust dropped like a rock, especially for... Uh, the media, not surprisingly, for government, for NGOs, um, and even to some extent, but less so for business among Trump voters. So trust in the media among Trump voters, you can't even find it anymore. It's 18%, right? We never see numbers that low. And there's a 40-point delta between Trump and Biden voters when it comes to trust in the media. So a huge partisan divide in terms of institutions. There's also a very significant divide in terms of who they trust, right? Or societal leaders. Uh, among Trump voters, there is no trust or act actively distrust for journalists, for government leaders, even for CEOs. In fact, the only type of societal leaders that is trusted by both Trump and Biden voters is employer CEOs. So even though there's a lack of trust in CEOs in general, um, if it's my employer CEO, uh, a company I know, I go to work every day, um, there's a relationship there, perhaps I even feel like my voice is heard, right? That role of the employer is very critical um, in reaching those who are the least trustful of other institutions and other leaders. What does that mean for employers? Should they be taking a stand on, on social issues? Oh my gosh, um, yes, short answer. Um, and so much more, right? So employers really, um, throughout our data this year, stood out as the one institution that is trusted, right? So while trust in institutions across the board is low and declining, my employer has been a bedrock of stability uh, for the four years that we've tracked um, trust in employers, right? It has been high and it has not had the volatility that we've seen in the other institutions. Um, and not only is um, employer as an institution 
my employer CEO are both trusted. The other thing that's remarkable is that communications from employers are the most believable type of information compared to other potential information sources, right? People are much more likely to believe something when they hear it from their employer than if they hear it, say, from the government or even the media. And so there is a very unique opportunity um, and we think an obligation for employers to leverage that trust to reach not only their employees directly, but really the broader community that they serve, right? You can influence your employees, your employees' family, the communities in which you operate um, by putting out communications about issues of concern both to your business, but also to that community and helping people get access to reliable, trustworthy information. So we think there's a real obligation for employers to think about how they can help knit together the fabric of society and restore some of that trust that we've lost. Many, many moons ago, uh, during the, the Renaissance, in the Age of Enlightenment, science replaced rhetoric as the main focus in higher education. And we moved from stories to facts. Yet trust in facts and facts themselves are a moving target these days. What should we be doing about that? Yeah, it's, it's one of the ironies, right? That technology has created this information age that made all of us smarter and somehow now we're just dumber than we ever were, right? <laughs> Can't agree on what a fact is. Um, and there are so many reasons and I really think everyone who, you know, everyone who plays a role in the information economy has a share in addressing that and in fixing it, right? So the media companies themselves and the technology companies, of course, right? And it's both a technology problem to solve uh, machine learning algorithms and so on have to learn how to um, quickly identify misinformation, wrong information, right? The platforms have to think about what their policies are, how they create trust in their communities that people are able to identify quickly the source of a piece of information, right? And, and whether that information is trustworthy, credible, or vetted or not. Right. So there is obviously a role for media companies, but until the media can get on its feet and figure out its new business model and figure out how a combination of technology and human intervention can help restore trust, it is imperative that every institution um, play a role in getting us back to a shared sense of truth and facts. Right. And that only reliable information is shared. Um, one of the most remarkable findings in the trust barometer this year is that when we look at each year, we look at what are the actions that business can take that are most likely to build trust in business. This year, the number one uh, most powerful trust building action for business is to be a guardian of information quality. Right. So that is not a natural traditional role for business to play. But business today is the only institution that is trusted. It is seen as competent and ethical. Uh, none of the other institutions are seen as competent, right? NGOs are seen as ethical, but not necessarily competent. And so there's this moment in time where people are just absolutely crying out for help when it comes to addressing this infodemic, this information problem, 
And they're saying, you know, business, if you can develop a vaccine in record time, if you can get people to the moon and solve all these big problems, right, fly us to the space station and, and solve these other big problems, can't you help us solve this problem as well? So business has a, a huge role um, in addressing the infodemic along with the other institutions. The advantages of securing press over advertising are obvious. Ads are companies saying good things about themselves, so they're biased. Everyone takes ads with a grain of salt because they're bragging about themselves. But press coverage is seen as neutral and impartial because now someone else is saying something good about you. It's more like a recommendation. If you're creative, you can win hearts and minds with advertising, but not trust. Trust and confidence comes from press coverage. Now, Google's editorial coverage is their search results. Top-ranking results have tremendous influence over popular perception. Google's page one search results are Google's preferred brands. But how do they decide who gets listed on page one? For hard numbers on the keywords that drive traffic to my website from Google, I use SEMrush. They have the largest, freshest database of keywords, and I use their online service to search and optimize my content so I can get found by people searching for answers to questions that I can solve. And right now, for a limited time, you can get two weeks of SEMrush free at ericschwartzman.com forward slash SEMrush in all lowercase. Again, you can get keyword research you need to optimize your website or your client's website for free at ericschwartzman.com forward slash SEMrush, all lowercase. This is a special offer for listeners of this podcast that won't last forever. So if you're interested, do it right now. The scientific consensus is that global warming is happening because of a greenhouse gas effect. Uh, but despite the existential threat, that climate change poses, there are 150 members of Congress, all Republicans, who say they do not believe in climate change. Uh, if that's puzzling to you and you'd like to understand why that's the case and what you can do about it from a public affairs perspective, uh, to make that position politically unsafe, download my new report, How to Win Support for Climate Action, at www.ericschwartzman.com. Uh, where is the U.S. from a trust standpoint this year versus last year? Um, uh, not in a better place, in a worse place. And it's, uh, it, it's remarkable that the U.S. this year, uh, after the election, right, when trust declined a further five points, Right. If that had um, if that was to be compared to the rest of the countries in the trust barometer ranking, that would put the U.S. third from the bottom of the list of 28 countries. The only countries that have trust lower than the 43 points that the U.S. currently has are Japan, which has yet to recover 10 years later from Fukushima and Russia who has been uh, sitting at the bottom of the trust barometer list. So that is not great company for the U.S. to keep. Uh, we have been in distruster territory for years. Uh, similar to the global average in the U.S., it's also business that is the most trusted, but barely out of distrust territory. And the other institutions are all distrusted. So we have a lot of work to do here in the U.S. How does our trust ranking compare to China? Uh, uh, great question. 
China um, is a country, uh, remember that trust is a forward-looking metric, right? And is very much correlated um, and linked to people's sense of economic opportunity and uh, a sense that their lives and their families' lives are going to be better than it, uh, if five years from now than it is today, right? And so many of the developing markets that we measure tend to have higher levels of trust and China for the last few years has been either the most trusted, either number one or number two on our ranking um, for a number of years now. We did see in China this year a big decline, uh, minus 10 point decline in trust overall, January to January. And that is the biggest decline we see in the barometer this year, but it does leave China at 72% trust still near the top of the barometer, uh, just below India, I think it is. And as a result of this sort of daily diet of distortion, um, you know, we, we no longer believe our leaders and 57% of respondents said government and business leaders purposely try to mislead us. What does a healthy news media consumption diet look like? Uh, yeah, it's it really is remarkable, right? It, the, the actual stat is, our government or business leaders are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. 57% agree with that, both of those. Um, a healthy news diet, right? We measured this year uh, something new, which we are calling information hygiene, right? Do people practice good information hygiene? Because increasingly, you know, we've gone from a world where we all turned on the evening news every night and listened to Walter Cronkite lay down the truth to a world where we're on our own, right? We've got our own algorithms building our news feed. We're using search engines to try to figure out if something is true or not, right? So people have to today take much more responsibility for their own information diet than they've had to do in the past. Um, and one of the things that has actually increased in importance this year is people's understanding that, you know, I need to pay more attention to my own media literacy and my own science literacy, right? If I'm going to navigate, for instance, the truth about the pandemic or about what's happening with an election state. So there are four dimensions that we've identified related to a good information hygiene. First, you have to be engaged with the news, right? You have to be a regular consumer of information from multiple sources. Uh, second, we wanna know, are you avoiding echo chambers? Do you go and check out uh, information sources that you don't necessarily agree with on a regular basis, right? Do you have a mixed diet? right? So just like we have to have a mixed uh, food diet, the same is true with information. Third, do you verify and make sure that the information you're consuming is accurate? Do you check the source? Do you pay attention to where and who the author was, right? Where it was published and who the author was. And finally, before you share a piece of information, um, are you making sure that it's accurate and vetted? right? We found, unfortunately, that only one in four people right now can be characterized as having good information hygiene, which we define as you do three of those four things, any three of the four. And even among people who share information on a regular basis, who forward news stories and so, so on, um, less than one in three, 29%, say they have good information hygiene. 
So we have a long way to go. People recognize it's important, um, but I don't think everyone has the tools to really make sure that they're getting information that's been accurately filtered. Uh, for those that are interested, also uh, share a link to the All Sides Media Biased uh, chart, which shows you sort of left, uh, center, and right uh, media. Uh, and you can consume all three and make up your own mind. Trust um, is, you know, a, is a byproduct of um, of truth. Um, it, it comes partly from doing what you say you're going to do, and um, and and you know, being straightforward with people about that. But the algorithms that we rely on to find and share information online make visibility a factor of engagement rather than truth. As you think about the research methods that Edelman uses to score trust, could you foresee how these models or equations could be used as ranking factors in popular search and social networking algorithms? Yeah, there are definitely um, a number of initiatives underway to try and rank or score content based on its trustworthiness or, you know, the source and the accuracy. Um, the methodologies that we use are really designed to look at trust in institution rather than specific or individual pieces of content. So I'm not sure whether um, they would be helpful in informing some of those efforts. Um, but I know that the major platforms all have initiatives underway to try to uh, really address this question of how do you build more trust in a source. From what I have seen and heard from people who are working on this, it, you know, the answer is complicated and it's going to have to be a combination of both human judgment, right, using human judgment to differentiate and distinguish for each community where do you draw those lines? How do you put safeguards, right? And how do you empower people to understand when something is factual and when it's true and when it's not? But then also it's just so critical to use um, uh, technology itself, right? Machine learning algorithms as a way of quickly then identifying um, because we also see how um, how easy it is, especially for the more sensational or salacious pieces of misinformation to spread very quickly, right? So you have to identify those conspiracy theories, those pieces of misinformation before they have the ability to really spread too far, just like we have to identify, you know, do the contact tracing on a virus, you need to do the same thing with misinformation. Do you have um, confidence that uh, those types of technologies, neural networks and artificial intelligence will rise to the challenge? Uh, and if so, do you think it's a, you know, a short order thing or are we looking years out? Well, technology got us here, right? So technology is going to have to be part of the solution, but I don't think that uh, businesses uh, really or any institution can solve this problem on its own. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll give you an example, you know, the whole controversy around uh, Trump ha having been banned from the social media platforms, you know, such as Twitter and, and Facebook and others, you know, rightly so, that's a very controversial decision. And, uh, and it's one where the businesses and the companies have stuck their neck out, made a decision, are taking the heat, 
but wouldn't it be much better if it was a broader conversation that included uh, members of the public, that included um, NGOs and experts in the topic, and that even included government regulators and officials, right, all around one virtual table coming together to agree on policies, guidelines, rules, regulations, that then in turn will build the confidence and the trust of the public. So, you know, our very strong advice is that yes, unfortunately right now, business is in a position where it must lead, where it must take a stand, where it must be sort of the, the last bulwark, right? Against this, this huge wave of mistrust and misinformation that we're being drowned in. But at the same time, it is essential that business not do this on its own, right? It is essential that the platforms, the media companies work with the regulators and with other industry sectors, with community organizers and leaders to establish, you know, common ground around what do we want our rules to be around how information is shared. What needs to happen to give the public a way to make choices based on unbiased information instead of conspiracy theories? Um, you know, I think right now we need a real call for leadership. We need societal leaders of all kind to say it is time to get beyond the political conversation, right? The politicization, politicization of information and facts. And we need to get back to a shared sense of a, a fact is a fact and it has nothing to do with left or right. You know, if it is based in science, it is a scientific fact that should not be politicized. Um, and I am very much heartened by the fact that um, we're seeing not only uh, many government officials speaking out in favor of that, but also we're seeing businesses stand, standing up and saying enough is enough. Right. We need to get behind what is verified. We need to get behind science. We need to get behind truth. We need to get behind things that can be double checked. And that is where we're going to draw the line. And we're no longer going to put our money or influence behind people who are bad actors and and actively spreading misinformation to the public. It what needs to be there. What can we do to restore public confidence in government and the news media? Um, well, you know, again, it ha it comes back to a commitment to facts and truth, right? It has to start there. Now, the news media has, uh, you know, a more complicated set of issues to solve, right? People believe that the news media is biased, that it is uh, ideologically driven. Um, and in many cases, there are good reasons for people to believe that, right? I think people also understand that the news media has a business model problem to figure out, right? That it is currently incentivized uh, to run stories that are perhaps overly sensational in order to get those clicks, right? Or to drive clickbait. So, you know, we need a longer term a conversation around what is the right business model for getting accurate information out to the public. 
Well, um, uh, Tony Reese, Executive Director from Edelman, I want to thank you so much for talking to us today about the 2021 Trust Barometer. You're so welcome, Eric. It's uh, my pleasure. Thanks for listening. This is Eric Schwartzman for the B2B Lead Gen Podcast. See you next time.